Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. Are you an awesome healthcare professional? And do you know other awesome healthcare professionals? Well, I am and I do. And Fig celebrates the 100% awesome healthcare professional by making scrubs that we actually wanna wear. Figs are ridiculously soft and engineered with an athletic apparel functionality, which is great because I work in ICU and ER. So listen, I need scrubs that move with me, not against me, that are comfortable and stylish. And speaking of stylish, they have so many pockets ranging anywhere from one all the way up to 20. And you can also mix and match any of the super popular core scrubs with one another for a quick wardrobe change. So yes, you're still looking cute. And so if you are one of those awesome humans that work in healthcare, or maybe you know someone who works in healthcare, that's awesome. Figs wants you to wear or them to wear scrubs that they deserve and enjoy. So how about this? 15% off your first order. Head over to wearfigs.com, W-E-A-R, F-I-G-S dot com and enter my code Nurse Alice at checkout and get ready to love your scrubs. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice presented by Nurse.org where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello friends and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. I'm your host Alice Benjamin clinical nurse specialist and family nurse practitioner. And first off, I want to say I hope everyone's having a wonderful day. You know, sometimes stuff gets rough, especially on these nursing streets. And, um, you know, we got to support each other. And speaking of support, I want to thank nurse.org for supporting the show. Um, if you haven't already, make sure to follow them on social media or visit the website at nurse.org. Anything and everything you want to know about nursing, advancing your career, nursing school, how to pass NCLEX, you name it, it's there. Nurse.org does everything they can to support nurses. On today's show, I want to talk about something that's very timely, something that directly impacts our profession and will definitely impact our nursing workforce. And that is mandatory COVID vaccinations of all healthcare workers. You guys have seen this trending in the news, on the radio, online. There's been discussions around this, and I'm sure it's been all the talk in the nursing break room. And while the United States government will not federally mandate COVID vaccines in healthcare workers, they have said, we are not opposed to mandating vaccines. However, we're going to leave that to the different states and the different counties and for healthcare organizations to make those decisions and to enforce them. And shortly thereafter is the birth of a joint statement that is in support of COVID-19 vaccine mandates for all workers in health and long-term care. There are about 60 professional organizations that signed this. And out of that, 16 are professional nursing organizations. In addition to other organizations such as the American Academy of Family Physicians, American Academy of Pediatrics, American Medical Association, the American College of Clinical Pharmacy, and the list goes on. But needless to say, our professional nursing organization stepping up to say, we are in support of mandated COVID-19 vaccines in our healthcare workers. Then in a bold move from one of the nation's largest health systems, the Department of Veterans Affairs, they announced that they would mandate coronavirus vaccines for its frontline workers becoming the first 
federal agency to do so and signaling what some experts said could be a national pivot to such requirements. Now, healthcare leaders are saying that this move represents an escalation of the nation's fight against the coronavirus. Now, to piggyback on that, my home state, California, as of August 5th, according to the California Department of Public Health, all workers in healthcare settings must be fully vaccinated or receive their second dose by September 30th. And there is no alternative. The only alternative you have is to not work in healthcare, right? I know that in some other states or cities, like in New York City, who have also adopted the mandated vaccine for healthcare workers, they have provided their healthcare workers there the choice of getting the vaccine or be subjected to frequent testing. Well, here in California, that's not an option. And it's not an option because, again, our state, I don't know if you guys recall this, but California was one of the first states to shut down, if not the first. We've also had the most deaths related to COVID more than any other state. And because we were hit so hard, we don't play. And in fact, when other states started to lift their mask mandates, when they started to open up the economy, when they started to do away with the different interventions that we had once applied, we were the slowest to adopt those. And you know what? Rightfully so, because as states have opened up their economy and relaxed their mask wearing practices, their capacity restrictions, we have definitely seen an increase in the infection rates, an increase in hospitalizations, and an increase in death. Now, we know that currently about 50% of the United States is fully vaccinated. We got a whole bunch of other people who are not fully vaccinated. Well, some of those folks are kids under the age of 12. So whether they want to or not, they don't have a choice. There's no vaccine available for them just yet. And then we have some people who have gone to get one shot, but they haven't gotten the other one. So they are kind of semi-protected, but not fully. And then we have some people who just flat out like, "Mm -mm, not for me, not going to get it. Now, I get it. I totally understand um, because I will be transparent. I was one of those nurses who, when the vaccine first became available and it was offered to me, I passed. I did. And I'm not ashamed to admit that because just as much as I am an advanced practice nurse and have been a nurse for over 23 years and have done all of these things in nursing, I am a consumer as well. And my biggest fear and what caused my hesitancy was I didn't know enough about the vaccine. I didn't. So isn't that what we tell our patients? right? Don't take anything that you don't know anything about. Uh, Make sure that the nurse or the doctor talks to you about the medication so you fully understand it and you know what it's for, you know when you need to take it and yada, yada, yada. So putting myself in that seat, I didn't know enough about the vaccine. I didn't know enough about the process on how it was developed. You know, that perception that, oh, it happened too quickly, especially under the title of Operation Warp Speed. Like there was just so much going on that I was a little bit, you know, on the fence about it. But fast forward, I eventually did get vaccinated. I am fully vaccinated as well as my entire family, everyone up to my youngest who is 14 years old. So yes, I took the time to educate myself, read the science, read the studies, learned more about the signs and symptoms, what's in it, side effects, all of these things. I have immersed myself in COVID so I can better understand it. Now, I know we didn't learn this in nursing school for the most part because it didn't exist. And we kind of had to be self-taught or kind of keep up with CDC guidelines, NIH, FDA stuff. And then there's a lot of misinformation 
going on on the internet and on social media. So I had to wrap my mind around it. And long story short, I realized that the benefits of the vaccine far outweighed the risks of potential death of dying from COVID. And if you guys recall, I mean, people were dropping like flies. And I hate to say that many of us were at work, working long hours, working several days. I mean, no breaks at all. I mean, we were having we were totally out of patient ratio. People were coming in very sick. People were dying. Massive amounts of people were dying so much so that our morgues were filled up. We had to have trucks come in and serve as makeshift morgues. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, it was just the scene in the hospitals were crazy. We were like we were ready. We're like, oh my gosh, we need a cure. We need a treatment. We need something that's going to help us end this pandemic. Now, mind you, we are still in a world pandemic. However, it's gotten better and it got better. The rates started to decrease the infection rates, the death rates, hospitalization rates, all of that stuff started to decrease as the vaccines became available and people started to get in them. And so we started to get comfortable. We're like, oh my gosh, okay, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're doing the right things. Let's get vaccinated. Rates are coming down. Okay, maybe we can not have to wear these masks so much. Maybe we can open up the capacity at some of our favorite locations. Maybe we don't necessarily need to physical distance because things are getting better. We thought we were in the home stretch, but uh, 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 uh. What happens when you are running a race? You should never slow down when you get to that finish line. And that's what we were doing. We got too comfortable. And then you know what happened? All of these different variants started popping up. You got the alpha variant. You got the delta variant. You got the lambda variant. And so many other variants were popping up. Some variants come and go, eh, not too worried about them. But then we had some that were of interest, right? Like the lambda variant right now is of interest. And then we had some of concern, which would be, for example, our alpha strain or our delta strain. And guys, right now, our number one virus variant that we need to be worried about is the delta strain. The delta variant has shown to be anywhere from 60 to 80% more transmissible than the original or what we call the wild strain of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And so it's something that we just can't take lightly. I mean, really. And especially, we've relaxed all of our requirements. We're thinking life is good, rates are going down, and in sneaks in this Delta strain, and it's, listen, it's impacting so many people, and mostly unvaccinated people. Now, I'll say this. We emphasize getting the vaccine to prevent uh, severe illness, hospitalization, and death from COVID-19. That is the primary reason of getting the vaccine. It's not to say that you won't ever get COVID-19. You might get an infection and be asymptomatic, or you might get an infection and have some mild symptoms. But for the most part, if you're fully vaccinated and you get exposed to any of the SARS-CoV-2 variants or strains, for the most part, you're not going to get severely ill so much that you need hospitalization or die from it. So what we're seeing now is that 95% of deaths related to COVID happen in those who are unvaccinated. Now, are we seeing infections in people who are fully vaccinated? Yes, we're seeing a couple. Many of them are asymptomatic or have mild symptoms, but they're going to live to tell about it. And even still, if you're fully vaccinated and they test positive, they need to take all the same precautions to prevent the spread of it to someone else. But where I wanted to go with this is the vaccines. In an analysis by WebMD and Medscape Medical News, it was estimated that about 25% of hospital workers who had had contact with patients had not been vaccinated by the end of May. Now, 
fast forward, it's been some time. Still, we're, we've not budged too much more in that area. And as well, more than 38% of nursing home staff were not fully vaccinated as of July 11th, despite caring for patients at elevated risks for coronavirus. Now, we have to ask ourselves, as healthcare professionals, we take great pride in providing care, making patient safety a priority, and helping people when they cannot help themselves. That is facts. That we do. However, in the state of a world pandemic with a virus that is so contagious, so virulent, at what point does someone who is unvaccinated no longer become help, but become a possible liability and someone who can actually make this worse? Now, Again, I shared earlier that I was someone who was hesitant about getting the vaccine. I ultimately did, as well as my family. So for those of you who are not as informed about the vaccine and have this concern about it not being fully FDA approved, no, it is not yet. And notice I said yet because it's inevitable that that's going to happen. It's currently in an emergency use authorization state, which if you go back and look at the studies, each of the vaccines had at least 30 to 40,000 people who volunteered to be in the studies. And for the most part, the vaccines were proven to be more helpful and protective than they were harmful. Very minimal side effects and harm of these vaccines. And because of what we've seen happen in the nation, vaccines were implemented and rates, infection rates, hospitalization rates and death rates all went down. We know that vaccines work. They help to boost our immune system and help prevent people from getting sick and dying from COVID. So the question that I have for my fellow healthcare workers, my fellow nurses and future nurses is, do you believe that COVID-19 vaccines should be mandated? I mean, how essential do you believe this move is when it comes to ending the pandemic? Now, I know that many nurses have said, you know, we've been on the front lines, we've risked our lives for patients. And they've, you know, initially when we didn't even have any vaccines, we were doing this and we weren't raging with infection rates, but there were nurses who got infected. There were nurses who were hospitalized and there were nurses who died. Any one life is one too many, but do we need to mandate them? I mean, that's an interesting question. And I know when I've thought about this, when I initially heard that, there was a call to mandate vaccines, not only by professional nursing organizations, but also by employers. There are employers now that are mandating this, not only here in California and, and New York City, but however, there are hospitals across the nation who are requiring these vaccines. Now, again, requiring vaccines, is it new for many of us? It's been a condition of employment. It's been a condition to enter a nursing school. Things like the flu shot, hepatitis B, pertussis, those vaccines have been required. Now, they're wanting to add to the list COVID-19. So is that a yay, nay? Do you support it? Well, there's been a mixed bag of support for this. And in fact, there have been healthcare workers protesting all throughout California and in other states against this. I mean, there's pushback on this policy that requires healthcare professionals to be fully vaccinated. Many people want the opportunity to subject themselves to frequent testing and just feel that it is depriving them of their freedom to choose. Now, I can understand that to a certain level. And let's think about this with the general public. The general public, we should be empowering them, educating them, and allowing them to make their health care decisions. We've always said the patients have a right and they have a responsibility to receive care or to refuse care. Absolutely. 
And I think we can all agree that nurses are health consumers as well. So we should be afforded the same privileges when it comes to the right to choose. However, in a state of emergency with the world pandemic, we also have a duty to keep our health institutions safe. We have a duty to put the patient first. So one of the ways we do that is to make sure that we are properly prepared, equipped, and well enough to take care of patients. And being unvaccinated, again, 95% of all COVID-19-related deaths now are in unvaccinated people. So to have an unvaccinated colleague with you at the front lines puts them at risk, puts their colleagues at risk, and puts their families at risk as it relates to spreading the virus, getting infected, and getting hospitalized. And that's just something we want to eliminate. And let's be very clear about this. Many people work at hospitals and care facilities, and employment is at will. You can quit at any time. No one's forcing you to stay. So if an employer sets a requirement or a condition for work, and we are unable to meet that condition or to perform to a certain level as what is required for the job, what usually happens? You either step up to the plate and meet the requirements, or you find an alternate position where you can meet the requirements, uh, you quit, or you get fired. And that is what I'm afraid is going to be the case here. I know it seems unfair. It really seems unfair. But what's more unfair is that people are losing their lives when we can prevent the spread of COVID-19 and potentially prevent hospitalizations and deaths by getting vaccinated. It seems like the right thing to do to protect ourselves, protect our patients, protect our coworkers, protect our family and our neighbors by getting vaccinated. But I get it. Some people protest. Now, I want us to look at this from a different lens and let's look at this as the general public. What do you think the general public's thinking when they see nurses protesting a vaccine that we are for the most part, all in agreement with saying that this vaccine can prevent infection, severe illness, hospitalizations, and death. But the healthcare workers who administer these things are not in agreement and don't want to get it themselves. I think that can plant even more distrust in the vaccine and discourage people from getting the vaccine. That we know to be true. So what do you do? I mean, this is quite a pickle that we're in. If your employer, which by law, they can require these things, they can require these as conditions of employment and they can fire you. Or I don't know if fire is the right word to say up front. Maybe, you know, there's probably some negotiation period. There may be an extension provided, but I think that most employers will try to meet their employees where they're at, but with the plan that they will ultimately get vaccinated. And then if they can't come to that agreement, then you're going to have to part ways. You're going to have to part ways. And then what will that mean? What will that mean for the nursing profession? And how many people will actually exit nursing if required to get the vaccine? We already say that we're in a nursing shortage. Do we really need a nursing shortage during a pandemic? I don't think so. I don't think so. But what I do know, having been in the boardroom and at the bedside, I've had the best of both worlds. So I kind of get to see how leadership thinks, how they work, working with HR in regards to employment issues and what we call challenging situations or perhaps even difficult employees, whatever you want to call it, there are things that we need to understand nurses. I know we're in this because we care about people. We're here to save lives, you know, or help people find a quality of life as they transition, whatever the case may be. We care about people. What we sometimes fail to realize is that healthcare is a business. 
And for all my business savvy people, you know where I'm going at with this. So it is good business to have a healthcare workforce that is healthy and that is safe to help your clients, your patients, your consumers feel more comfortable about receiving care there. We want to do everything we can to optimize outcomes. We want good patient outcomes. We want nurses and staff and physicians and patients all to be happy. Now, the way that's going to work for the most part is if people come to work and they feel safe. If they feel that they are coming to an establishment where they're supported by leadership with all of the measures to promote safety and prevent the spread of COVID-19. I don't know if you remember, but last year this time, many of us were fighting, begging for, pleading for more PPE, masks, gowns, gloves. I mean, we just didn't have enough. And this was a plea to please keep us safe so we can do the work that we can do. So now that we have a vaccine, another tool to our toolkit, how come we're not begging anymore? I mean, is anyone begging like, please, please give me the vaccine? There might have been a couple of us initially, right? But also, we were asking our employers to please put all of these things in place to help keep us safe, to help keep our patients safe so we can do the things that we need to do. But have we really asked ourselves now, are we doing everything that we need to do? And let me be honest, I've seen some of y'all and how y'all wear masks, not wearing masks, not wearing the N95s in situation you should probably be, not garbing up to the extent that we were doing last year. Some of y'all got very comfortable and lax because the rates have gone down. This is not the time to ease up. We got to continue fighting the good fight, doing all of the measures we can to prevent the spread of COVID-19. And part of that includes getting ourselves vaccinated. Having someone on the front lines with you when they will have frequent and prolonged contact. Prolonged contact is more than 15 minutes within a 24-hour period of someone. Having someone unvaccinated who is exposed to that increases their risk of infection. They go home, they spread it to their family. They can worse spread it to their colleagues because they're not protected. And that's not good business. That is going to result in staff calling out, staff getting sick, staff getting hospitalized. It's going to result in patients not wanting to possibly go there because the staff is not vaccinated. Because listen, if we can report out on falls, restraints, length of admissions and all this other stuff, I'm pretty sure we're going to get to a point where we're going to be able to report the percentage of staff that are vaccinated because people want to know that they're going to a hospital that's safe. And let me also say, what happens when you call out sick for work? Right, you call out sick for work, usually before the least give them a two hour window of notice. What happens? They float a nurse. They call a nurse in. They call registry. There may be a travel nurse already there to take your place. Maybe they divvy up the assignment a little bit different. Key point is you are replaceable. You are an FTE. I hate to sound cold, but I need to give it to you like it is. It's important for us to understand that, yes, we are consumers, but we also work in a business. And when business cannot be conducted safely or as effective or efficiently as possible, we go lean. We cut You've seen this. We've cut staff. We've cut budgets. We've cut resources to optimize productivity. And to optimize productivity means we have to have the best, healthiest, and most prepared staff because we know what happens in unvaccinated people. We've seen, we're seeing the rates, infection rates, death rates, hospitalization rates go up. We don't want that. We want no part of that. We want people to live happy and healthy lives. So I'll take my state, California. 
Here in California, we were hit the hardest. Like I said, we've had the most COVID-related deaths. Los Angeles County is one of the most populated cities in the whole United States, if not the most populated city. So we've had to take extra precautions. People aren't going to be happy about it. We delayed opening up our economy. We kept capacity limitations on many of our favorite places. We still asked people to wear masks indoors, even though we're fully vaccinated. So we had to do some things that were unpopular to protect the safety and well-being of the public. And it's just something you got to do. And that's also part of being a leader. Sometimes you got to do things that you have to do for the greater good of the public. Will you have a, a person here or there who disagree with your methods? Yes. And what happens? They can either get with the program or they can get gone. Sorry, nurses. I do not mean to be cold. I want to be compassionate because again, like I told you, I was hesitant for various reasons of getting the vaccine, but I self-studied. I was reading the literature from CDC, FDA, all that stuff. And I brought myself up to speed and I could see what was happening in the nation. And I realized that getting the vaccine was going to be the safest. Now we've tried to allow, we've allowed plenty of time for people to get the vaccines on their own. I will say this, when I say we, the CDC, NIH, FDA, the healthcare community has done probably a piss poor job at educating the public. The language, the terminology, our methods on how we got information out just wasn't robust enough or done in a a very passionate way that met people where they are. It didn't really incorporate health literacy. And as a result, misinformation, disinformation was allowed to creep up you know, all on social media influence the decisions of many people and have confused many people. We can't allow that to happen now. Now, while we're, it's not being mandated of the general public, healthcare workers who are responsible for taking care of the ill or who have come in contact and are responsible for keeping people well, we have now become the initial target, the initial kind of the, the root of how we can turn this around and get more people vaccinated. Let's vaccinate our healthcare workforce first. And then if you notice, or if you've heard, the US military, the Pentagon has now mandated that COVID-19 vaccines for US service members, because in order for our country to be protected, we need a well, able and healthy military. So that means that they need to be vaccinated, prepared to, you know, in case of any type of exposure that they are prepared to fight off infection and disease should they be exposed to it. As well, hundreds of colleges and universities are also imposing vaccine mandates and certain employers have the right, you know, outside of healthcare, certain uh, companies, CNN was recently in the news for firing three of its employees who came to the office who were unvaccinated. I mean, this is getting serious and it's going to get to the point because I'm looking at the writing on the wall where we will need vaccine passports. We're doing this podcast because I wanted to raise awareness, one, about the COVID vaccine and COVID rates in case you are someone who hasn't quite been in tune, but also talk about these mandates. Mandates aren't necessarily a bad thing unless you make it a bad thing. Because at the end of the day, the whole message is to protect our healthcare workforce so they can be available to take care of patients. That's really what it's about. It's not about stripping you of your rights. Um, It's not about imposing something upon you. It's not trying to force you or twist your arm into something. Listen, they can't twist your arm. If you don't want to get vaccinated, then don't get vaccinated, right? But that may mean that you can no longer work in the position you were working in. That's just what it is. So I think the choice is up to you as far as what it is that you would like to do. It's a condition of employment. Now, listen, if you didn't pass the NCLEX, you can't be an RN. You can't practice as such. So I know that's a little bit of a different example, but the point is 
you have to have your COVID-19 vaccine, at least here in the state of California, as well as other places across the nation, in order to continue working in the healthcare workforce, especially acute care hospitals or where we're seeing our, our long-term care facilities or any place, especially that's taking care of vulnerable patients. It's just something that we have to do. And if you are a nurse who understands COVID, understands the disease process, you can see the importance of this. Now, whether your personal or religious beliefs have you to believe otherwise, I mean, you're entitled to believe those things. However, the only exemptions for the COVID-19 vaccine are medical reasons, perhaps if you're truly allergic to any of the components. And there are some religious exemptions that all of those things need to be documented. So you'll have to check with your healthcare provider as well as your employer to see what is permissible if you should decide to do that. But understand that even if you have a waiver, you might be reassigned. You might be okay with being reassigned, but then again, you may not be. So if you enjoy working in the ER and the ICU and you're unvaccinated, but you have a waiver, you might be then transferred to medical records and be filing all day, doing chart reviews all day. And I don't know if that's something that you would want. I mean, it would keep you employed, but is it something that you really want to do? Why that might be a potential is you're out of direct patient care. We don't need you anywhere around patients. And it's because the patient can give it to you or you might have it be asymptomatic or have some mild symptoms and spread it to the patient. And so, again, the whole idea of mandating these vaccines are to protect people. So I want to know what you think. Let us know. Let us know at nurse.org. What do you think? Should vaccines be mandated? Is this something that you believe is going to be transcendent to other occupations, which is what most people believe? Or do you think that there will be a change in the tide and that people will be able to just take frequent tests. Now I'll say this though, by the time someone tests positive, you've already built up a viral load and probably have already, you've been infectious for a couple of days and you've already exposed people. So that is a late indicator and a late sign to only do frequent testings. Um, and that's unfortunate, especially most of us, you know, if you think of the typical RN that works in the hospital, you work three shifts a week, those other four days of the week, you know, you could have already been spreading infection at home and then you come back, come to work, you know, those three days, maybe you were, those are the three days where you were developing uh, symptoms, but quite haven't mounted a positive test result. And by the time you test positive, you didn't spread it to the whole unit. And that is something that we don't want to happen. Now people are saying, oh, well, I'm just going to take them to court. I'm going to sue them. Well, there is precedence about these cases. A federal judge dismissed a lawsuit that was filed by former staff members at Houston Methodist citing that Houston Methodist was just trying to do their business of saving lives without giving patients the COVID-19 virus. And then as well, a federal judge upheld a decision by Indiana University's mandate mandating vaccines in its students. So I think we will start to see different cases pop up. But in the interim, what are we doing? We need to protect ourselves. We need to protect patients. We need to protect the public. And one of the ways that we know best to do that is to get vaccines to prevent serious illness that can result in hospitalization and death. Again, that is the primary reason we want people to get vaccinated. Is it possible to get a mild infection, maybe asymptomatic, maybe some mild symptoms with an infection after getting vaccinated? Yes, there's a small chance, but you'll live to talk about it. And that's what we want. We want everyone to survive this COVID pandemic. And unfortunately, it's come to the point where vaccines are being mandated. So again, let us know at nurse.org what you think, whether you're in favor of vaccines being mandated or not. 
Let us know what's going on in your neck of the woods, at your school, at your hospital. We definitely like to hear that. And guys, I'm Nurse Alice. You know, I really enjoy talking to you about different topics, raising awareness about different things that impact nursing directly and indirectly. And thanks for checking out the podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And make sure you share this with a colleague. Sharing is caring. So until next time, make good choices, be kind to one another, and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.